careful is good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Well, that felt a little different. After all of the talk and feel of ramped up energy, focus, and intent Tuesday night when the Suns took down the Sacramento Kings in front of their new teammate Kevin Durant while he was on the bench, Thursday happened. The vibe that was created on the floor by the players and that swirled throughout every section of Footprint Center was missing, and it showed in a 116-107 loss to the L.A. Clippers. Durant was introduced at a press conference in front of thousands of fans eager to cheer anything. Uh, Then his teammates came out and missed nine of their first ten shots in a loss in their final game before the All-Star break, and it was a weird basketball game. The TNT Network folks had to be thrilled with the star power that was on display and available. Phoenix's Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton were all in uniform, as were L.A.'s Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yet only one of those five looked like himself, and unfortunately for the Suns, it wasn't a member of their contingent. George scored 26 points on the night and got a great supporting performance by Terrence Mann, who matched his point total with 26. Booker and Paul looked out of sync, and Aiton saw his five-game streak of scoring 20 or more points in a game come to an end. Wasn't all bad for Phoenix. Josh Okogie hit six three-pointers. That's not a typo. Uh, that is a correct fact. Led the team with 24 points. Terrence Ross made his son's debut off the bench, scored 16 points. Although I'm not sure he was supposed to lead the team in field goal attempts in his first game. The defense, led by Torrey Craig, held Leonard scoreless until five minutes remained in the third quarter. That was good. But head coach Monty Williams admitted after the game that with all these players available, something he really hasn't had the luxury of this year, he played too many of them, and that created difficulty in anyone finding a flow. So the Suns hit the break in fifth place in the Western Conference and have 22 games remaining in the regular season, the first of which is a week from tonight against Oklahoma City. That game has been pushed back to an 8 o'clock tip-off and will now be televised nationally by ESPN. Think they know something? Vinny's View is brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize, proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Uh, yeah, it was a weird basketball game last night. No, was, well, yes, it, it, it was a weird basketball game last night. But again, I watched it in sort of a real detached state because yes. this is not the Suns basketball team that's going to be tasked with winning a championship. This is a placeholder kind of um, stretch of the schedule. And so I'm not I, – I, and I get – I get you're right there, and you're you're as immersed in it as anybody. But to me, watching it at home, I'm just like, okay, you know what? This is not that. Yeah. I was actually okay. I thought, okay, you know what? If you step back away from this and you realize that the Suns do not have Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, or the guy they traded him for, then w- the the closeness of the game could be relatively encouraging. It could. The fact that Josh Okogie scored 24 points in 41 minutes. Okay, I didn't expect to see that either. No, and, and one of the thoughts I did have, admittedly, was. Okay, that's a good win for the Clippers. The team that has not yeah. been together when they are together, that's a really good basketball mm-hmm. team. But it's a good win for them. The Suns were playing good basketball. But if you're a member of the Clippers and you're walking off that floor thinking, 
That's a that's a good win against a team we might yeah. see, but uh oh, they're, they're adding a, a a first ballot Hall of Famer in a week. That's a good that's a good win against a team that was only missing one of the greatest basketball players in history. <laughs> yeah, and and I I get with I get what you're saying because in the fourth quarter the Clippers played very resolutely. They played very strong. Mm-hmm. They took big shots. They made big shots. They were they, aggressive going. They, to were the hoop. Aggr- they acted like it really meant something to them, and you it was easy to walk away from that going ooh uh, that they might be a problem. But then you've got shut up, Jared. But then you got to remind yourself, okay, look, this is all going to change when KD gets out here. And and, and again, the, to me, the big thing becomes then: what does this team have enough time to find a rhythm, to find an identity, to really know what they're doing? To re- or or is it just going to happen? Because that's what happens with great players. I don't know. Yes, uh, Devin Booker did uh, kind of put a silver lining on things heading to the break, and there's not a lot of heavy lifting by members of the Phoenix Suns during the All-Star break as nobody's really participating in much. But Book talked about, you know, finally getting the feeling of being healthy going into the break. We're all healthy going into the break. Um, you know, we're going to do what Coach says, fill our cup up, and get ready for the last stretch of the season. It's been a long time since you've said been healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not funny. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, it's really important. You know, it's a you know big part of, of this game, and every season you see it happen. So, you know, I'm happy to be in the situation that we are right now. Like I said, you know, we'll be ready to go after the break. Yeah, and we will see. It's a, you know, it's a 22 game stretch, and and you know, piggybacking on what Devin Booker just said right there, mm-hmm. if they can remain healthy, that that core group and and a couple of other guys coming back. I mean, you thought they, Monty Williams had a lot of options last night. If campaign, which he looks like he's getting real close, and Landry Shamit come back. Um, that, that's going to be an adjustment. But if they can stay healthy for those last 22 games, mm-hmm. I think the sky's the limit. I really do. I do, too. Because when, when you look and you realize that we are talking about Kevin Durant and you look at Devin Booker, who is going to beat that team? Chris Paul can even be 70% of, of max Chris Paul. And this team has got enough to win a championship. Uh, it's going to come down to making shots, end game execution, all that kind of stuff. It's not going to be easy. But when you look at the state of the Western Conference and you look at the fact that the Eastern Conference is going to spit out a champion. If the Boston Celtics are the East representative in the NBA Finals, they're going to be exhausted from a series with the Bucks. If the Bucks are the East representative, they're going to be exhausted from a series with the Celtics. This is a great year to go for it all. And the Suns have done just that. And and I can't wait to see it. And, and I think there was a moment yesterday, and you know because you were there, when when... Kevin Durant was asked about the pressure to do this, to finish this job and and all that after what went down in Brooklyn. And he said, there's pressure on me every time because I'm one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And that and that statement of bravado that was delivered in a very matter of fact way, the crowd just started howling mm-hmm. with delight. Do you have that? We have to have that, don't we? Yeah, uh, this is uh, if this season is a failure without yeah, a ring. Yeah, this is it. I know it's always it's pressure because I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. So every time, so so and so every time I step on the floor, people are going to expect me to do great things, and the team I'm on to do great things. But I enjoy getting better as a player every day. I enjoy just waking up and getting to do this. So I don't ever say anything's a failure. Um, if I get the, if I'm healthy enough to play the game of basketball, but I know what's on our backs, and we understand that, and we want to we want to do the most. We want to get the most out of this opportunity.
And I know fans might feel that way. Hey, they, they traded two popular players, two guys in their starting lineup, to trade for Kevin Durant. If, it, if they don't win it this year, it's a failure. Kevin mm-hmm. Durant is absolutely right. This is not a 22-game rental that they're getting from KD. They got, no. you know, they got a lot of time with him, and this is just the beginning stages of it. I just think it's interesting that the way this shakes out this year with the way the NBA is set up and all of this parity, and I do believe Milwaukee and Boston are still the two teams to beat right now. But it's very possible in this 22-game stretch that when this is over and headed into the playoffs, the Suns could be one of those teams left standing. I think we might have been looking at a, at a Western Conference Finals preview last night. Honestly. Yeah. No, listen. I, I was impressed with the Clippers. Oh, no. They're they're a good team. And listen, Kawhi is just a, a monstrously good clutch player as well. Yeah. No, look. They're for real. They're legit. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are, are a great tandem. If the NBA had NBA Jam 2023 right now, yeah. it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Who would beat the Suns, Booker and Durant? Boom shakalaka. <laughs> He's on fire. Did I ever tell you what I did that day? That w- when NBA Jam for Sega Genesis came uh-huh. out, I called in sick to work and went and bought it and played it all day. That's yes, fabulous. Yes. That's that's what my work ethic was like back in the 90s. That's fabulous. Uh, coming up next, Jonathan <laughs> Gannon, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Still some questions on... How we got to this point, uh, we'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Which that's, you know, I know Monty and, and Michael have heard me say this multiple times. Everything, everybody that we bring in here or that is here or that will be a Cardinal will have elite football character because you will not hit your ceiling if you don't have that. And what I mean by that is, is you have to be team first. And that's how we're going to build this team. Jonathan Gannon, yesterday, one of the things that stood out, talking about elite football character. He definitely strikes yeah. you as a guy who's got a plan in place. Um, and and um, that should be baseline uh, of, of this mm-hmm. whole process. But, you know, moving forward, he's the head coach. We're going to see the staff be built over the next uh, few weeks as you get into free agency. And get closer to the draft, and there's yeah. a lot of work to do. We can all agree on that. But uh, just to play rewind, and we don't have to do this after today. But I think today it's 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 very relevant. We played earlier this week the soundbite after the NFC Championship game. Jonathan Gannon on the field being interviewed by Fox 29 in Philadelphia, and they asked, "Hey, what, are you going anywhere?" "I'm not going anywhere. I'm here." For good or bad, I'm going to be with the Philadelphia Eagles. He wasn't lying at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's uh, Jonathan Gannon talking about that, those comments, and his mindset over the last two weeks. Yeah, good question about when I made that comment, I wasn't going anywhere because um, Houston went another direction. That's who I interviewed for. And I, I knew that they were going another direction. And that was the only interview that I had for this, this cycle. So, um, you know, I was obviously fully engaged in the playoff run that we had, then to the Super Bowl, and then, like I said, how he approached me on uh, on Sunday night after the game and said, "Hey, you're going to stay here, you're not flying back with us. You're going to interview for this for this job." 
And uh, that's when I clicked that mindset in and uh, said, okay, well, let me probably, you know, stop. Got to pick up my bootstraps a little bit because I was down, obviously, about the game. And, um, you know, take a shower, work out, and come in and, and, you know, shoot your gun. So that's what I did. So when the confetti started flying Mm -hmm. at State Farm Stadium and, and, you know, right after the Super Bowl ended and the Chiefs are celebrating their victory, Jonathan Gannon had no idea he was interviewing for the head coaching job of the Cardinals. That is accurate. And less than 48 hours later, he had the job. I thought what was weirder still to me was how Howie Rose, and this is according to Jonathan Gannon, Howie Roseman came up to him, the GM yes. of the Eagles, and said, you're not coming home with us. You're staying here. You're interviewing for the Cardinals job tomorrow. As if, what, he had no say in the, you know what I mean? It, just, it was weird that, that the interview request went through a GM and wasn't relayed to, to Jonathan Gannon until after the game. Uh, yeah. now, I like vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> And and clearly, you don't want to have his mind in two places. So I get not telling him until after the game. But I think what this does do is it underscores how the Cardinals were flying by the seat of their pants. As much as they're going to tell you, look, and Michael Bidwell even took the microphone yesterday because I yes. think he recognized where this was going. Because Gannon referenced the timing of all of it yeah. on a couple of different couple occasions. Of different and I, I kept having that question mark pop up yep. above my head. And you're right. Michael Bidwell did say and explained it by the time we had hired Monty Austin for it, that window had closed. But again, the details of it, the fact that, yeah. you know, Jonathan Gannon's representation didn't have any clue. You're not finding out from your agent, hey, right. when this is all over, win or lose, you're going to stay in, in Arizona. You're going to interview with the Cardinals. Yeah. This is almost like Michael Bidwell ran into Howie Roseman pregame and said, I want to interview your guy tomorrow. Can you make that happen? Because at that point, Bick, they had already hired or, excuse me, interviewed nine candidates yeah. for the head coaching yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon was the 10th, mm-hmm. and he was the one who ultimately got the job. Okay, so I, I'll say this. Um, I, 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 think that, I think that on two different occasions, Michael Bidwell has referenced that no team in history or nobody in history has ever had to hire a head coach, a general manager, and host a Super Bowl at the same time. And it kind of speaks to the overarching theme that I think has been – out there for a long time now, and that is the, the the split focus of the owner of the Arizona Cardinals. He's had this massive undertaking of hosting the Super Bowl. And again, keep in mind, Michael Bidwell is, you think he's involved with the Cardinals. He is the point guard of everything when it comes to the Super Bowl here. Yeah. And and so that's a massive undertaking. It, it's also kind of why a lot of people, myself included, think the team could really benefit from having a team president. Somebody who can do the day-to-day, who could go out and hire a coach with a GM and then just... Such a good point. And then just bring him into the owner at the very end and say, you like this guy or not? Are you cool with this guy or not? Instead of having him be the team president and the owner. What? Because because this is, again, this is part of what, what I'm talking about. I think the Cardinals at times have appeared to suffer because of this. And so, so it gets down to this. It, it, so clearly the Cardinals, the, the job was not as attractive to people as the Cardinals would like people to think they are. Mm-hmm. Everyone, The Cardinals want to believe that they're a model of franchise now with nothing's wrong with their facility. Everything is fine here. And they made points yesterday to make that yeah. clear. Okay. The fact of the matter is Sean Payton said, now nah, I'm going to go to Denver. I'm going to go be with 
a 37-year-old quarterback who might not have any gas left in the tank. I'm out of here. You had Dan Quinn go back to Dallas. You had Brian Flores take a D.C. job in Minnesota. Whether or not he was actually offered the job or not, nobody's quite certain about that because you can parse it any way you want. But the bottom line is this. The Cardinals were scrambling as late as, as the Super Bowl to get somebody to fill this position. And that doesn't make Jonathan Gannon the wrong guy for the job. No. These two things can be accurate at the same time. Okay? I think that's fair. But I also think the point that you made on team president is fair, too. Yeah. When you turn that coin over, the other side of it is, you know, is a guy who, with his previous head coach, was adamant about watching film with his head coach and his defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. is that the guy that's going to delegate to a team president? That uh, clearly Now, this not. is an extreme example that the Cardinals will never have to do again, host a mm-hmm. Super Bowl, at least we hope not, host a Super Bowl and look for a, a coach and a general manager. Then I said it before, there was no way when the 2022 season started, knowing that he had all these Super Bowl duties, that Michael Bidwell thought he'd be hiring a GM and a head coach. That's how bad it went yeah. in 2022. So it was the perfect storm of imperfect things. Without a doubt. That led to this. Without a doubt. And that doesn't mean Jonathan Gannon isn't going to work. He might. They might have gotten very lucky with that because, again, it's when you put it together, if the Cardinals were a bit desperate that they really, okay, you know what? We got to interview this guy before he gets out of town because we want to wrap this thing up. Can you make it happen? Which, oh, we got you. Yeah, absolutely. And so Jonathan Gannon comes in and and brings all that energy and I could see the car. We got him. We got a guy. This is what we're looking for. And I and I think a lot of what Jonathan Gannon said makes a lot of sense. The, the fact that the fact that he can speak that confidently, given the fact that he's never done the job before, and have it sound perfectly authentic is a big, big deal to me. Buddha Baker's comments. What does he want from the next head coach? Somebody who's real. Somebody who can hype you up. Somebody who can love you up. Somebody who can be tough to you. Somebody who isn't afraid of his own shadow. Yeah. I'll say this just for me. I'm not speaking for anybody else. Uh, More excited about Jonathan Gannon, the head coach, after hearing the press conference than I was prior to the press conference. Which is exactly the point of it all. This is why winning the press conference matters. Yes, absolutely. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the day on the Rush Hour Reboot. Spickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wow, there is a lot to talk about today. I'm Sarah Cazell taking you through those stories with Dan Bickley. Hey. Hey, Vince Murata. Is that I got nothing? Yeah. You know what that is? Well, Darius I Rucker. Yeah. Singing How I Feel. That's tremendous. Yeah. Oh, that is that, that's that's awesome. what, That would be and country Jared music Carlin. singing to me. They would be acknowledging, I Ooh, got nothing. heard that. <laughs> heard that. Sorry, country fans. Hey, Jarrett Carlin, you too. We got Katie. Ain't that some? <laughs> Ain't that some? We got Katie. Ain't that's something. 
I love that. By the way, I want to shout out Ben Anderson, whom I met at the Arizona basketball game last night. This guy with this long, wild hair comes up to me with a huge smile on his face, and he goes, I'm Jarrett Carlin's friend. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Ah, wait a minute. Do you oh, really you have Jared to has have friends? big hair wow, to you, be Jarrett's friend. You <laughs> found him. You found him, Sarah. This guy is, he's six foot I seven. I found the one, Ben. He's six foot seven and he's got hair down now to yeah. his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out yes. to Ben, a.k.a. Swook, a.k.a. DJ Swooky Monster, a.k.a. Swooky P. Swookerton. Okay. <laughs> We, if we need a power forward nice for, the, guy, though, uh, yeah. for the Bickley Murata Mornings basketball team. We're oh, he's, to he's famous, I guess, Absolutely. in high school. In high school, he played basketball, and he fouled out of the game in three minutes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so one of those hacks, one Love of those that. all elbows swinging. Yeah. Yeah. I think I guess he grew into yeah. his body. He'll, as you know. he'll get to the floor. <laughs> yeah, he'll, th- he'll throw himself on the floor, no problem. All right. The Arizona Cardinals introduced Jonathan Gannon uh, yesterday morning, and during the press conference, he seemed very focused and very energized about the opportunity ahead. Not necessarily like, you know, going out of his mind excited. He, he, kept, he kept it within reason, although Michael Bidwell apparently was surprised by that. Uh, Gannon said that they're going to be adaptable. They're going to be violent. They're going to be smart. They're going to be explosive. And he said he has known for quite some time that he has wanted to be a head coach ever since an injury kind of put an end to his playing days. And here is Jonathan Gannon saying why he believes he's the right guy for this Arizona Cardinals job. I would say I'm the guy for the job. That's what I would say. Um, You know, just talking with Michael and Monty, uh, very excited to get started. But just what they just said, our our vision of how we want to run the football team, uh, I would say that any job I've ever taken, there's a little light, any job I've ever taken, there's always a big-time challenge ahead of you, and I've succeeded in all those, starting from the ground floor of the business all the way up until this seat. So what I don't know about the job, I'll figure out fast, and I'll lean on the people that I can, that I can trust and lean on, and uh, we're going to get it rolling. He also said, guys, that he is very excited to work with Kyler Murray, and he said uh, he thinks it's pretty rare for a first-time head coach to get to work with a quarterback of Kyler's caliber right away. Here is what Gannon had to say about Kyler's talent specifically. Just as an overall general philosophy of being adaptable, uh, we're going to maximize Kyler's skill set. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to generate explosives. We're going to protect the football and be situationally smart. And we know that when you hear me talk about explosives, and takeaways, we know those are winning stats. And that's all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. That's what we will preach, and that's what we're going to practice, and that's what the players will be educated on, and that's how we're going to play. And um, so if you do those things, you'll be in the playoffs. All right, you guys both said just in the last segment, I think that you were both very impressed by Jonathan Gannon's press conference and feel more excited about yeah. him as the Cardinals' new I leader do. after the press conference. What, what was the most important thing that you guys heard from him yesterday? Uh, comfort, comfort in the setting, um, 
speaking with total confidence, speaking with total clarity, no umming, no yeah, yeah budding. It was it was a really well done um, performance from somebody who kind of took charge of the situation, which is what everybody wanted to see. And then and then his comments about we need to be a football team that evolves and grows from week to week. That to me really hit home because really the fatal flaw of, of Cliff Kingsbury was he never got out of that college mindset where in the NFL you can't prepare a team, give them a playbook, and then just be that team from week one to the end of the season. You've got to continually change who you are. Yes. Or you get exposed. Or you get got. Yeah. You get beat. And that that that's the story of the Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals. The part that excited me, uh, I'm not going to say the most, but it certainly stands out to me, was you know his focus on the explosives. Something that has been missing from the Cardinals' offense, despite the fact that they had Kyler Murray at quarterback, despite the, the fact that they had all these weapons. I mean, the lack of explosive plays, they didn't really get a, a, a long, long play until they ran a trick play in their final game of the year against the 49ers. So, um, maximizing Kyler Murray's talents when he's able to go from a health standpoint, that that's key. But man, not only was this offense not good, it was boring last year. And that that's got to change. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the Suns certainly won't be boring with Kevin Durant in tow whenever he gets back from his MCL injury. He was introduced at Footprint Center yesterday uh, in front of, I've, I've heard a few different numbers now. I thought it was 3,000 fans in attendance. I've heard 5,000 now. I've also heard 6,000. How many fans were there? You guys were both in the building yesterday. I lost count yeah. at 2,800. Yeah, no, uh, the, 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 okay. uh, the, the, the amount kept growing. Vinny, I think, heard five. I heard six. Somewhere around there. Yeah. If they Win the championship this by, year. By next by, week, it's there'll be, be fifty thousand people will right. say they were there. Right, and, <laughs> exactly. and six point four million exactly. at the parade. A hundred percent. Well, speaking of a championship and Kevin Durant, he spoke a lot about that yesterday, of course. I mean, he was brought in for that very reason, to help the Suns take that next step as a franchise. And he was very complimentary of Devin Booker, said he's a pure scorer. They're going to teach classes about how he plays the game when his career is done. I'm curious, guys, how many championships do you think will come out of this Kevin Durant uh, era. Uh, not one. I know, I know. Not but two. I have to ask. Not two. Not three. Not three. <laughs> um, I'm going to wow. say five. You are As not, I'm pleading not the fifth. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not walking into that trap. <laughs> They'll never lose again. Okay, um, that's fair. Uh, Doug Haller, a friend of mine who who covered the Suns with me, um, fifteen during during the o during the Steve Nash run. Okay, so we covered the Suns with Paul Coro together. He said to me yesterday, "He's like, is this going to work?" And we're, we looked at each other like, "If they're healthy, who is going to beat this? Who's going to beat the Devin and Kevin show?" I don't know. I don't. I, I, I. Yeah. So I'll. I'll say one. I'll go out on a limb. I'm not. I am not going to predict multiple. I'll just say this. I will say it by this. This group is going to deliver the championship this year or next year. How about that? Right. How about that? Ooh. That's, a title this year or next year? Yeah. Yep. Wow. And, and so Dan Bickley has spoken. You made right. a lot of people happy by saying that. Right. Write in, I just brought out write my gavel. Pencil I'm so glad I brought my gavel. pencils have erasers. That's what I always say. <laughs> Put it down in pencil because there's an eraser Jared, on the Jared, do you have side. a pencil? He didn't have that either. Do you have any I sort of pencils. writing utensil back there? You hate pencils? Yeah, yeah. I do too. They get all over your hand. And it's like Ticonderoga. <laughs> they break. You, you know one, Vinny? You got another pencil? 
A pretzel? Pretzel? Uh, Faber-Castell. <laughs> no. no, a pretzel. <laughs> Number two Ooh, you pretzel. You got a pretzel back there? Snyder's. The beer cheese? Rolled gold. Pretzels I can name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you left out a mm-hmm. gold standard of pretzels. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dot. Dots. Dots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> dot. Oh. Dot, I don't oh, know you. I've never dot. met you, <laughs> yeah. but I love you. <laughs> Dot's here, my girl. Dot can make a pretzel. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Rush hour reboot every morning. We got we got everything in. We got Durant, we got Gannon, we got pencils, we got pretzels. pretzels. Yep. Dot, That's you it. can make a pretzel out of me. Coming up next on Kevin and Devin in the mornings. Can we go back? <laughs> Kevin That's what it sounds like. <laughs> we'll talk some uh, NFL football with the Cardinals focus. Their new coach is in place, and we'll speak to Lorenzo Alexander about all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Arizona Cardinals have a new head coach. The world got a closer look at Jonathan Gannon yesterday at his introductory press conference. Now the work begins, and here to talk about all that work, Lorenzo Alexander, NFL analyst, joins us here on Bickley and Murata Morning. So, how are you, man? I'm doing great this morning. Just finished my workout. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get that done before 8 a.m.? There's That's the way to do it. Yes. Yes, sir. That's why Lorenzo looks the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool, actually, last week to kind of go on a tangent real quick, being out the open, people thinking that I'm uh, Roy Jones Jr. or I play DB in the league. So that's, those are always kind of, that's, well, great, that's great feedback to hear that, knowing that at one time I was 315 pounds. Right, that's right. So you've kind of cut weight a little bit, but you're still jacked, and people think you're a boxer. Yeah, there you go. You know what? Yeah. I never thought about it, Zoe, but you do. You have a resemblance to Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I never, yeah. I never put that together. Until and you I'm sure Zoe would kick that backside like Roy Jones <laughs> Jr. too. So did, did you tell them that you weren't, or did you go along with it? Uh, it just depends on what mood I'm in. Sometimes I'll go, like one time I did it with somebody that's actually pretty famous himself. He thought I was Roy. What's up, champ? Let me get a picture with you. And then I, went, then I looked on Twitter a little bit later. He had posted it. Like I was Roy. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> that's fabulous. All right, let's get into the football, Zoe. What were your takeaways? For, it's only a press conference, but, but as far right. as press conferences go, I think Jonathan Gannon did pretty good. What were your, uh, what were your interpretations? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think most head coaches, for the most part, do a good job with that, right? It's pre-playing. They get up and, and present in front of guys all the time. And so they have a, a, a strong understanding as far as their vision for the team, um, um, their culture, and, and, and some of the principles that they're going to stand on, right? I think he talked about a, a HITS acronym that I heard him talking on a, on an interview on, on our station um, as far as what that means, you know, intensity, being physical, right, being smart, tough football players, right? And so everybody can pretty – for the most part, if you can't, then it's some. It's like whoa, you can't even articulate what you want guys to do. But most coaches are able to do that. For me, it's going to be you know, it's all about the work. Um, you know, I, I went through maybe three or four new head coaches, and the guys that were able to communicate their vision, check for understanding, and continually have guys buy into that and find creative ways to kind of reinforce their culture over time and, and, and establish it were the most successful ones. So that's what I'm waiting to see 
um, because you know a press conference is, I think, is, is, is low hanging fruit for a coach to, yeah. right. to, to be should successful be. at. Yeah, should be. That's the that's the key phrase. We're talking with Lorenzo Alexander here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. Obviously, and it was talked about yesterday at great length, though, that uh, Jonathan Gannon knows that uh, getting Kyler Murray right, productive, maximizing his skill set is big. But leading up to yesterday's press conference, Bick and I talked about it, and I, I brought the point up. I, I, I think you could say a lot of the same things about Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side yeah. of the ball, finding a way to make him as effective as possible. And we've seen the Swiss Army knife kind of strategy with Isaiah Simmons for three years. Now, Jonathan Gannon did come out and say he wants to use Isaiah Simmons in all different ways. And that kind of struck me as somewhat questionable. What was your, your reaction? To that? <laughs> right. And that can be situational as well, right? You know, you think a guy about a guy like Matt Milano who plays the real linebacker, but he also blitzes. He also yeah. rushes off the edge at times. He can cover guys. He can play zone. And so maybe he's talking about from a schematic standpoint, he'll have several different roles. But to your point, um, you know, I was I was a flexible player, but that happened for me as my career progressed. You definitely want to have a, a someone where you're somewhat of an expert at and then develop flexibility around that because you always want to have a place where you can be most impactful. And so hopefully it's more of that and then growing his skill set where he can be multidimensional and, you know, line up at safety or free safety or whatever when you really start moving him around. But from a position standpoint, he can be flexible in how he uses him as a blitzer, as a, as a man-to-man guy and a cover guy in, in zone coverage. Now, I, I like when NFL coaches don't have a scheme offensively. I like them to have the adaptability to adjust to whatever defense they're, they're facing. I've not heard a lot of defensive coordinators or defensive-minded dudes say, we don't have a scheme either. We adapt and adjust week by week. What do you think of that philosophy from a defensive standpoint? Well, I would say defensive coaches have like their first and second down packages that are pretty standard across the board. And, you know, depending on your personnel, you may go from maybe a 3-4, 4-3 team and you know, or whatever the offense likes to play, maybe play a little bit more base or nickel. But where the coaches that, that separate themselves, they are flexible from week to week when you think about third down packages and how you attack an offense and a quarterback and their strengths and weaknesses and different packages and different looks and different little wrinkles you may run out there just for that specific guy um, or scheme that you're facing. Um, and so it does happen from a, off, from a defensive perspective. It may not be as talked about, but it's more fluid within the, the week-to-week game planning. Talking with Lorenzo Alexander here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, experience has been talked about a lot, and the way this prog- uh, this, this whole um, process unfolded, though, you know, the Cardinals were the last team to hire a coach. Right now, they're probably behind the eight ball in putting a staff together for Jonathan Gannon, it, and it appears the possibility is still there that you're going to have a first year GM, a first year head coach, and maybe two first year coordinators. Jonathan Gannon doesn't seem to think that that is a big deal. In your experience, when you work with coaches who are a little green, what is that experience like? Should it be a big deal? Yeah, I mean, hopefully one of their, you know, assistant coaches had, you know, maybe head coach experience or D.C. experience. You know, I think coaches have been in a lot of different situations, and so they probably have been exposed to different things and watched their head coach that they were underneath um, make certain decisions and operate in certain ways given the, the situation. And so you can learn from that, but it's obviously a much different thing 
when you when you're the guy and you actually have to make that decision and and take input from people and then everything relies on you. Mm-hmm. So it can be done, but you you like for them to maybe hire a guy, maybe even it could be a consultant at this point, depending on on the availability of guys that have been in that position, just so he hears it from someone that has actually made those decisions that that's in-house unless he can call a head coach or somebody he served under that may be retired and or throughout the season and kind of rely on their wisdom a little bit the energy factor of the new guy the the let's go factor if you will how important is that on a day-to-day basis just to kind of bring the energy of a group up it's significant. I mean, I, I know we would all like to be self, self-motivated, self intrinsically motivated, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, right, if everybody was like that, everybody would be extremely successful. And I know we're looking at athletes here, but a lot of guys have made it purely on their athleticism, right? And they need to learn how to take it to that next level because now you're competing against the best of the best. And when you are able to create a competitive uh, environment um, from your head coach, um, um, it, that, that, that breeds competition. And I think that's when the cream rises. And then you set a standard of, of competition, right, which then transitions to the game. And I think he, he's going to have to set that high and making sure that these guys understand the standard, which, you know, and I always say with some caveats, because as a veteran that may be like a Kelvin Beecham, you don't have to help him uh, be right. super competitive every right. day. So right. guys like that, right, which is you have to earn the right and you have to be in the league a significant amount of time where you have maybe little caveats for guys like that where you don't want them to be – you want them to be fresh and ready to go because they understand how to be competitive. They understand the standard. They are professional and don't don't need any additional push to create that. All right, before we let you go, your take on the Super Bowl, I thought you were right on the money. The way the stadium struck you struck me the same way. Whatever they did in terms of putting all those graphics and all that stuff to the ceiling in the building made it really, made it really pop in State Farms. Yeah. What would you think about that? Yeah, I loved it because I, I had never been in there for like one of the bowl games or uh, a playoff game. I, I think they do a, do it for one other thing. I'm not quite sure, but it just looked it looked new. I mean, it looked elite. I mean, it looked high end, especially when you think about like those those end zone type of suites that they had. It just filled the stadium in. Um, I think much better than what, what we traditionally see when we, when we show up in that. The end where the big red or where the where the where the players' parking lot is and the locker room where the Cardinals run mm-hmm. at seemed a little hollow. Yeah. It just seemed really full and lively, and I, I just thought it added to the environment. And obviously, you know, with Philly fans being in there and, and to be in the Super Bowl, that probably was the the driving factor of it. But I really liked the way it looked inside uh, with the additions that they had for this particular game. Zo, always yeah, good to you. talk to you. Have a good weekend, and see if you can fool somebody else into thinking you're Roy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. Later. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander, NFL analyst, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, we've reached the halfway fire. point of the Friday show, and Bick's got some fire for you in the form of the Bickley Blast. It's next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.